1: Good morning and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, We are a digital agency here in Lawrence, Kansas. um, And we live stream here to our Facebook page and to our YouTube channel every week, Wednesdays at 11, uh, to do this show. It's an open Q&A. We are here to answer your questions about business, technology, marketing, um, anything else you want to ask us about, we'll do our best um so if you have any questions or you just want to jump in the conversation um put your questions in the comments below or if you're catching this later you're not seeing this live you can email us your questions at askwildman@wildmanweb.com. At all right without any further ado I'd like to join uh bring in my partner here mike in three two one there we go How are you doing? Good morning. morning.
0: I am fantastic, Miles. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here live and answering the questions. We already got one comment here from our favorite viewer, Mr. Jeff Fry. Uh, Morning, morning, Jeff. Jeff. Cheers, Jeff. So if you guys wanna jump in, and be part of the conversation, ask us any any questions you have, technology, marketing, uh, advertising, design, whatever you want. Uh, we'll do our best to answer your questions. So follow in Jeff's lead and uh, follow Jeff's leads, and throw the uh, your questions in the comments below. We do have a couple of questions in the hopper from last week, but uh, as we were talking before the show here, Mike, I think you had you had something that you wanted to bring up. Maybe a, a light start to the day.
0: Oh, we're going to jump into that right away. Yeah, definitely. So why not? Uh, Let's have you some were laughing fun, in your off
1: Before we went live,
0: yeah, I mean that's that's what we're here to do is have some fun. So let's get right to it. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna just briefly bring up, uh, you know, this. It's it's the holidays, you know, and obviously everybody's advertising, everybody's trying to get attention, uh, and so you know if you're out there trying to market and try to get attention, it's probably a good time to, you know, think a little bit outside the box and maybe bring a little something, you know, extra. Uh, in terms of your creativity to the table. And I think a really great example of this happened, uh, I believe it was last week that it it got launched. I don't think I saw it maybe till the weekend. Uh, But Miles, have you seen the promotion with uh, Mario Lopez, of course, from Saved by the Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Lifetime movie? And it is called, let me, let me, let me pull it up here so I don't screw it up. I have up. no idea what you're talking about with one Combination. <laughs> okay. It is called A Recipe for Seduction. So I'm going to put this here in the comment section uh, with a little video clip so everybody can check it out. But basically, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken teamed up with Mario Lopez, some other actors, and Lifetime uh, Movies, who, of course, you know, they always make some kind of campy, sappy, you know, holiday movies and things like that around this time of year. And they put out a trailer for, like I said, a movie titled A Recipe for uh, Seduction. And it's a hot version of Colonel Sanders, who, of course, is the, uh, the longtime icon of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And so this, this, you obviously weren't on social media much last over the weekend miles, because this set social media on fire and, you know, I saw multiple people sharing. you know, they have the, uh, the movie premiere poster and everything. And I saw multiple people, uh, sharing this, uh, over the weekend and, and early this week, but, uh, just a really, really good kind of outside the box creativity, uh, if you will, to get attention and, you know, boy, did it work. Uh, So, you know, those kind of ideas, I think, you know, obviously, as a small business, we don't have the resources to go out and team up with Lifetime or something like that. But, you know, just thinking outside the box is really the idea that I wanted to bring uh, to the viewers out there today and a way to to get attention. Why, you know, being fun, being humorous, Uh, you know, I think several episodes ago we talked about uh, Wendy's campaign a few years ago on Twitter where you know they would literally call out. And just kind of start Twitter fights with some rival major brands, and it was all in good fun and jest, and it was actually quite hilarious, uh, and it got all kinds of attention. And so, you know, that that's kind of what, what I was trying to drive home here. But the other reason I wanted to bring this up a little bit is because, ironically enough, Miles, uh, the story of Colonel Sa- Sanders, the actual, the real Colonel Sanders. Uh, is a little bit ties into what we've been talking about, certainly on the last few shows and really for the last kind of few months here, as we've been going through this transition that we've been talking about, and, and that's kind of the nece- you know, uh, the necessity of invention and you know the, the, the term pivot, I guess, if you will, and uh, innovating in, in troubled times. Uh, and you know how Colonel Sanders plays into all of this, well, there's a couple different ways. Uh, the first way, did you know much about Colonel Sanders, Miles? Am I, am I preaching to the choir here?
1: Uh, I know he has a mustache. Uh, <laughs> he's got a nice suit. <laughs> Something about chicken. That's, that's where i Yeah,
0: I'm at. okay. So, so Colonel, he, he was a real colonel, Kentucky colonel, not a military colonel. It's a Kentucky thing. We'll leave that alone for a minute. Uh, and he had a gas station chicken restaurant uh, in, in somewhere, I forget the county in Kentucky, but somewhere in Kentucky, uh, this would have been back in, in kind of the Depression era. Uh, and he started making fried chicken for people that were coming down the highway, Highway 26, I believe it was. And it was one of the main routes uh, before the internet's interstate system through Kentucky. Now, he quickly had a problem, though. He had a great, as we all know, a great recipe for fried chicken, the 11 you know secret seasonings that they still use today. But the problem was, is that when he would cook it on a, uh, a skillet, it would take 30 or 40 minutes to properly fry the chicken. Well, for travelers coming down the road and stopping at the gas station, they didn't want to wait and sit around and wait for 30 or 40 minutes. So you had a lot of people wanting chicken, but then they would get upset. A lot of them would leave. And it, you know it wasn't a very sustainable business model. So what he had to do is he had to come up with a way to create the chicken faster, but also make it great. And what he actually did was he invented uh, the first pressure cooker fryer. So pressure cookers had been around for a while, but they didn't have a frying component to it. And so what he actually did was he he invented this thing and fabricated it in his little kitchen gas station. uh, And he uh, he was able to turn around these chickens very, very fast. And all of a sudden, that became You know, his claim to fame was you can get amazing chicken in a matter of minutes. And he went on to have incredible success. He actually then purchased a sit-down restaurant. And this is where the other side of the story is. And so then fast forward maybe 10 or 15 years, and the highway system does come into play under Eisenhower, right, in the United States. And so highways uh, I-70 and a bunch of other highways come through Kentucky and they basically leave all of these businesses that were on the old highway out of business because they were all reliant on the traffic right and I know a lot of restaurant owners can can relate to this uh, right now that you know just all of a sudden your traffic goes away based on something that you had no control over and his restaurant went out of business he lost everything he was broke he was destitute he was about to lose his home he owed people a lot of money etc cetera, etc cetera. so what did he do he pivoted and he came up with a new business plan and what he did was actually brilliant because he went around to existing restaurants a lot of them that were opening up on the new highways and he sold them the license rights to buy not only the 11 uh, 11 spices the secret recipe but also his invention of the pressure cooker fryer and then he taught the owners and the chefs in these kitchens how to create their own fried chicken in a matter of minutes and he charged them four cents for every chicken that they sold now four cents for every chicken that you sell doesn't sound like a lot to us right now but in 1950s money and you take that by thousands and tens and thousands of chickens every day and every week he made a really good living and it eventually caught on and he eventually bought was bought out and he sold the right, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, what became the Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, franchise, for a little over uh, two million dollars in 1950s money. So he made out he made out pretty gosh darn good, uh, and ended up then of course staying on as the marketing icon uh, in, in that role for the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise system, and went on to now today be played as the hot Colonel Sanders by Mario Lopez in a short parody film on Lifetime. Coming to you, Miles, next week.
1: I do wonder how the uh, how the Colonel would think would uh, <laughs> if he would approve of this most recent iteration of his likeness. What, what do you <laughs> well, think about this?
0: Oh, well, well, here's a funny story. I can't about imagine. The, here's a, here's one other funny story about the Colonel, and then we'll let the Colonel rest in peace. Is he was uh, you know, what we would call, I guess today, you know, a good old boy. I mean, he was, he was a real rough and tumble guy and this will tie into some advertising that you'll appreciate miles. Uh, his original advertising was just, of course, a billboard, a hand painted billboard on the side of highway 26. The problem was he also had a gas station on the other side of his little County on the, you know, so depending on which way you came in on the highway would be the first one you would see. And that was his main competition. And his, comp, his competitor was going around and painting over his billboard signs. And so, so people wouldn't be able to see it. So for all of us Facebook marketers out there who, you know, get upset about uh, a, an ad getting flagged, I mean, just, just think about what they actually had to deal with. So one day they actually caught the competitors red-handed painting over one of their signs that confronted them with shotguns. Unfortunately, the competitors also had shotguns and it turned into uh, an all out brawl right there. One of Colonel Sanders employees was killed. The owner of the other uh, competing gas station was wounded by a shot from Colonel Sanders. And long story short, the uh, competitor went to jail for a long time. His gas station closed down as a result of that. And therefore, Colonel Sanders had an unlikely monopoly in that county in Kentucky. So, well, there we there go. go. Why,
1: why are we yeah. giving all this other marketing advice? All you need is a <laughs> shotgun. <laughs>
0: That's, That's how they that. used to do it, yeah.
1: Oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> well, um, that was a fun story to start off the uh, the morning. I didn't expect us to, to go there. <laughs> you said something about KFC and Mario Lopez. I thought there was like, this is a, a fun <laughs> ad or something. Not, I didn't think we were ending with shotguns.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you turn me loose. You never know where it's going to end up, Miles. I'll try to restrain myself for the rest of the show.
1: Oh, no, please don't. That was fun. Um, but you know, kind of returning to the the point of the segment here, this is uh, a question show, a Q&A show. So um, if anyone does have any extra points, wants to jump in and comment on Mike's story there. If you have any questions about anything else, then throw your questions in the comments uh, below, and we'll get to those here in just a second. Um. I, know, I, I that actually kind of that whole story kind of does tie into what we were ending the show on last week i think we we're talking about you know thinking outside the box pivoting a little bit finding new ways to reframe your products or services um, to somehow get your business online in some way interact with your uh, with your audience or your customer base virtually uh, and for some of us it's pretty straightforward uh, for others it's you got to get a little creative. You got to think outside the box. And uh, you know, there's a reason we we did set up the slogan for us Be Wild. You know, it's it's really um, it's an injunction to to think outside the box, do something a little bit different, uh, because that's how you get noticed in marketing a lot. Um, you know, there's 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 an. A million different ways to get your message out there and to display your brand to your audience, to your customer base. Um, but it's those who think a little bit different um, and do things a little bit different that that get noticed uh, a lot of the time. So, let's see.
0: Yeah, some, sometimes you got to wear, you know, purple hair and tattoo your face and you know, pierce things that maybe um, are abnormal to be pierced uh, if you really want attention that bad, you know? And so I guess the same, apply the same principles uh, to marketing if you want to stick out from the crowd. Oh boy. <laughs> I won't, yeah. I won't go down a post Malone ran. I'm sorry. I, I won't. I'll restrain myself. <laughs> else.
1: Yeah, that is, that is quite the look there. Uh, so Jeff's jumping in here again. Will Tiffany Amber Thiessen be playing Miss, Miss Butterworth? <laughs>
0: We can only hope. We can only hope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to jump into the questions here. If any of you out there do have questions, uh, throw them in the comments, or if you're catching this later, email us. Um, I've got that email address scrolling below me, askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Or you can just check out our website. We've got a lot of resources there. We might even have the answer to your question. Uh, We've got a blog there, and we actually just uh, redid the website. So if you haven't been there recently, go check it out. I'll be adding resources uh, and and more content here in the coming weeks. Uh, We did get a question, I guess, a few days ago. Uh, was that yesterday? Uh, everything's kind of melding together now. Um, when We're talking about uh, reputation with a, uh, a client of ours. Um, when we talk about reputation, we're talking about reviews, but we're also talking about um, less straightforward types of, of feedback from clients. So that can be uh, conversations about you on industry-related Groups or pages or blogs or forums uh, that can be comments about you on social media, people tweeting about you. Um, So the most straightforward idea of of reputation is the review. You know, how many stars did you get? Uh, But there are other forms of that. So um, you know, got to look at that entire picture um, as a whole here. Uh, But he was asking about third-party review sites things like Yelp Um, and what was the other one he was asking about
0: Uh, next door
1: yeah yeah there we go so uh, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because there's a there's a distinction there that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of until you get into the to the space review generation space Um, so we work with clients to cultivate reviews try to get more reviews um, and hopefully get more positive reviews. Um, unfortunately, the people who like to leave reviews are usually the pissed off ones. So um, it does take a little bit of active effort on your part, um, a little bit of, of, of proactive work to get happy reviews on there, to get positive reviews to get those people who really liked working with you to come back and, and say so uh, so we work with people to do that um, and hopefully amp up their their positive reviews bring up that average because uh, that does impact how people decide to work with your brand or uh, your brand versus the competitors um, it does actually have a, a implication in search as well when we're talking about SEO um, you know Google is looking at their own reviews of course um, Let's see, where am I going with this? Right, third-party review sites. So there's a difference, uh, there's a difference between, uh, say, Google reviews or reviews on Facebook and then reviews on Yelp or Nextdoor um and that is that the 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 first category you have your own page your own account your facebook company page your uh, google my business listing and then the reviews get posted there you control the listing and people come to you and then give you that review which is then displayed publicly versus something like yelp which is completely user controlled Uh, you can go there and claim a page there uh, but you know people can leave you a review without you even knowing it you don't have to go there and set up your your yelp account in order for people to leave reviews on your business there uh, next door is the same way there's a bunch of other ones out there uh, some some industry specific ones out there uh, so it's a good idea to keep keep a hold on all of those things it's easy to know when someone leaves you a review on facebook you get a notification probably pops up on your phone says hey right. someone left you a review uh, but when someone does that on yelp especially if you haven't interacted with yelp before um, or one of these other third-party review sites, you've got no idea. So my biggest piece of advice around this, um, and really wasn't the answer to his question, but I think a lot of people out there aren't necessarily thinking about this, Um is to stay on top of that stuff. Um, there's software out there. We have a version of it, but a lot of other people do as well. Uh, review management software that allows you to keep track of all those things. Uh, it's not just looking at your Google listing or your Facebook page or something. It's looking all across the web for um, other review sites or just people mentioning you. Um, social listening kind of comes into this, so you can uh, put in certain key phrases or something on Twitter and listen for those searches. Uh, or those tweets or something. Um, So if someone's tweeting about you, about your brand, about your industry, in your particular area, um, it'll notify you about that. But The number one thing that you can do to improve your online reputation is to just be aware of it. Most likely, if you're just looking at your Google reviews or just looking at your Facebook reviews, you're only hitting the tip of that iceberg, and there's another 90% out there that you are completely unaware of. Uh, Moving more specifically into the question, um, and that was, you know, how do I influence the reviews on these third-party systems, on Yelp, on Nextdoor, and other similar platforms? How do I get more reviews there? How do I get more positive reviews there? Mm -hmm. Um, Since you don't control your page, you don't control that platform, um, the ways that you work with it are a little bit more indirect. Um, With a Facebook page, you can literally... uh, send a review request to someone. Or with a Google uh, listing, you can send a review request to someone that gives them a nice, easy link. They click on that, they click on five stars, done. Um, so that's the easy side of things. But on Yelp, obviously, you can't do that. Um, my suggestion there, on top of using some sort of reputation management software to just, first of all, be aware of those reviews and start being able to interact with them, maybe respond to them, or at least know that they're there, um, also potentially use uh, another third-party service, like uh, email marketing um, or something like that to send out requests to people that you know that you worked with and are happy with your services. Um, For example, you really want to bring up that Yelp average. You're sitting right there at 3.5 stars or something. You want to get up above 4. get the link to your Yelp page, create an email marketing campaign, create a list of all of your previous customers that you can think of that you know were happy with your services and would happily leave your review. This could even be people who have left you reviews on other platforms. You know, you mm-hmm. can go through and find the list of everyone that's uh, given you a five-star review on Google and then send them this request it just says hey it'd be help uh, really helpful to me and my brand if you click this link leave us a nice review on yelp let people know uh, about your positive interaction with me and my brand um and and that should pretty quickly start to drive up your uh, your overall average there And also allows you to have a little bit more control over it rather than I don't know, a public post on Facebook or something that says, hey, everybody, here's my Yelp link. That's just giving people the opportunity, especially the pissed off ones, to go there and drive down your average. You need something a little bit more controlled, a little bit more cultivated where you can create that list and just ask these specific people, the ones that you know loved you, loved your brand, loved your service, and are going to leave you a positive review. So that was my answer to his question there. I thought we'd share that with you guys as well. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add on that as far as as reputation and third-party review sites? Well, I
0: thought that was a really good answer, Miles. Uh, I I think maybe I'll just take it one step farther. Uh, Well, let me back up for a second and say, I I know (laughs) all too well that most business owners hate dealing with reviews, especially negative feedback. And so I feel like that there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say an avoidance factor, but Maybe like a little bit of like a poo-poo factor. They're like, oh, like it's not that big of a deal. I've heard a lot of business owners tell me, I don't think people really, you know, trust, you know, in in that or you know, make their decision based on that. And unfortunately, I, I I disagree with them. I I think that especially today, especially what we've seen over the past eight nine months with COVID, that it's becoming even more important. Uh, than ever before and I think that that trend is going to continue so that would just be I guess, where I want to start this conversation is you got to take this extremely seriously and then to expand on what you were saying you know I think that reviews 100% are are the probably the most important form of feedback that you're gonna get but it's not the only kind of feedback and I think that we really need to be engaging with all feedback that we're getting across all platforms all the time, you know. Uh, and so what I mean by that is if, if somebody ever leaves a comment to you or about you, you, you need to respond, you know, and engage with them back. And, and I see this almost every day, you know, unfortunately, where uh, everyone, everyone from, from big brands to small mom-and-pop stores aren't taking that uh, advantage of that opportunity to engage back with the consumer once they engage with them. Uh, whether it be neutral, negative, or positive, you know, that that's an opportunity to to, uh, to embolden that relationship, to deepen that relationship. And so make sure that you take that. And, and, and again, I'll just reiterate, you know, the tool that uh, Miles was talking about, reputation management earlier, that is a very easy and easy to use, inexpensive to have tool that anybody, any business can utilize to find out not only what people are saying, you know, about you directly like tagging you but what people are saying behind your back quite frankly and not tagging you in uh and i think that that's an invaluable resource right now there's no reason to not be engaged with that kind of that feedback loop uh to me it's it's one of the advantages that we have that we didn't have today you know i guess if you want to say one of the disadvantages is well now people can say every anything they want about you and we don't have this only top-down you know, type of a system where, you know, you're only going to hear from the brands and you're not going to hear from the people who dealt with the brands like that, right? That's 1974, that's gone, right? So, but the opportunity there is that we can all get better as businesses because of all that feedback that's out there. And we can eliminate, you know, what we have talked about several times on this show, the small business person's disease of trying to be on the inside of the bottle and reading the label on the outside. We can now... Really have a better understanding of what our brand is, what our reputation is out there in the marketplace, and so we need to be able to, uh, uh, you know, look at that as, as fully and in, in, in depth as possible on a consistent basis.
1: Right. So reviews are not just straight up feedback. That's that's very useful, obviously. And if there is something legitimately wrong uh, within your business, you need to you need to be aware of it, and um, hopefully these reviews can be helpful in uh in narrowing down what's going on what's going wrong so that you can fix it Uh, so of course that's that's a very useful aspect of reviews Uh, but there's a couple other points on there that are just hugely useful that i don't think people necessarily think about i talked about this a little bit uh, i guess a few months ago at this point on this uh, on this show Um, but reviews are really a big missed opportunity for a lot of people uh, so that's why one of the number one things I tell the people about um, reviews is respond to them. Um, whether you're on on Yelp or um, on Google or on Facebook or wherever you're finding this review, if you can interact with it some way, that's going to be immensely valuable to you. First of all, because you're able to address whatever concern that they had um, or thank them if it's a positive review and, uh, you know, really... Elevate whatever it is that they they were complimenting you on. Um, but also because other people can see these reviews. These are publicly listed things. So you're not just replying to this person. You're replying to this person in a public forum. Uh, you're basically in front of a crowd while while answering this review and while replying to this review. So this is your opportunity to get other things out there to, one, defend yourself if they're just angry that day and has nothing to do with your system um or uh, deal with a problem that's there or um, again amplify something that was positive in that review Um, it also gives you an opportunity to uh, plug other stuff so you can say thanks glad you liked this have you tried this here and so you're not only recommending this person to come back and and uh return to your business, but you're also telling everyone who sees this review today, tomorrow, five weeks from now, two years from now, that you have this other service, that this first one was good, and here's another one. It's just It's free attention. And that's really Mm -hmm. what we're paying for when we're talking about digital marketing or really marketing in general, you're paying for attention. You're paying for engagement. Uh, I mean, we're busting our butts all day to get our clients engagement and a review is just a client coming to you or a customer coming to you and handing you that engagement on a silver platter. So respond to it. Um, Actually, we have multiple articles on our website. I talked about that earlier. I'll go ahead and put that link up here, wellmanweb.com slash blog. Um, I think we've we've got a whole article on responding to negative reviews, how to tackle that, because Mike, like you said, it's not a fun process for a lot of people. And unfortunately, that makes a lot of people just sort of, avoid it but even Mm -hmm. negative reviews can be an amazing opportunity for you Uh, we've got another article on how to uh, properly respond to positive reviews and maximally leverage those things and get all the benefit you can out of those Um, and then another one that's a little bit more general I forget what that one was was called here, but just basically why you want more reviews, how to interact with these different review sites, how to claim your listings there, uh, especially on third-party review sites, so that you can start engaging with people and why why you might want to do that. So if you want to learn a little bit more about this and get a little bit more into some of the nuts and bolts of of responding to reviews and working in and around your online reputation, then check out our blog there. We've got several articles for you. Okay, so I think we've, I think we've pretty much got that one. Um, we've got another question over here in the hopper, but for anyone just joining here, this is an open Q&A. So if you have any questions or you've had experience jumping in and are uh, dealing with what we're talking about and you want to jump into the conversation, uh, leave your questions in the comments below. Or if you're watching this later, you're not catching this live, uh, you can email us your questions at askwildmanatwildmanweb.com and we'll get to your questions next week because uh, we do do this every week, live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Uh, so be sure to check back with us next week. Okay, so we got a question here about updating the website. I, I think I had, this is during, um, stemming from a comment that I made a few weeks ago on this show when I was talking about updating your website. Um I said that you shouldn't really be updating your website content, your main website content, all that often. And I think that uh, I may have misspoken there a little bit, or at least didn't uh, precisely say what I meant very well here. Uh, so I wasn't talking about just text. You know, this person had asked about you know just changing a percentage value because their discount or their offer had changed from X percent to Y percent. Um, that's not what I was talking about. If you need to go in there and modify some text or something or change a picture on your website, then that's no big deal. Um, in fact, that can be beneficial to keep your content looking fresh and people come back. They're not just going to see the same old thing every time. So that's awesome as well as just keeping uh, your content current and accurate. That's an absolute must. Really what I was talking about there is something that would change the structure of your site so that when search engines and other crawlers are looking at your website, um, they see a massive change, a massive update. They see new new pages popping up or old pages being deleted. Um, You've got broken links because an old page was deleted and you didn't do any kind of redirection. You've done something that changes the markup of your home page, for example. You just dragged and dropped everything around, and now the whole page markup, the structure of the page is massively different. Um, search engines don't really like to see that kind of change. That's why we have to be really careful when we're publishing a major update to a website or when we're redesigning a website, especially if we're doing it on a new platform, to make sure that we're putting up a proper sitemap, we're doing all of the proper redirects, um, and make sure that... Um, Google and other search engines, other crawlers, anything else that's going to be looking at your site that way or indexing your site, have a proper site map so that they can get where they need to go. Um, But if you are just modifying your content all over the place, all day, every day, tweaking this, moving that, then um, search engines are going to see that as a problem. Um, And people aren't really going to like it either, plus it could actually cause loading problems. So when they go to your website, if they had been there, last week, their browser saved a version of that site. It's called caching. Um, and then when they come back, they're going to have some elements of that site saved and some elements of that site not. And that's uh, that's going to be where you've made these updates. And it could actually change how they're seeing your site. Something could be wrong. Uh, a style sheet might not load. I've seen this happen before, where I go to a website that's just undergone a decent update, and uh, none of the style sheets load for me because I have some things cached and the the, the files are wrong um, and it just looks like plain black text on a white background there's no text there's no formatting it's or there's no style there's no formatting there's no colors uh, random pictures thrown everywhere it looks like you know if you're playing with a Word document you're working on a word Word document and you move an image and then all of the text just goes crazy in the wrong place your website turns into that so. There's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to necessarily do that. So be careful when you are doing any sort of major updates to your website that alter the structure of the site. And if you do so, make sure that you are updating the sitemap, that you're making sure that search engines and other sort of um, automated site crawlers or anything like that uh, are re-indexing your page or re-indexing your website properly. Uh, There's a whole process to go about doing that, which I probably won't go into here. It's a little bit more technical, but um, baseline is if you need to update some text here, that's fine. But don't go around just completely shifting the entire structure of your website all day, every day. You think you're doing good. You think you're benefiting the site, and you're not. You're really doing more harm than good. All right, that that is that question answered, I think, uh, hopefully not completely rambly. Uh, sounded,
0: think, sounded concise to me, Miles.
1: Yeah, I get to, I get to be a little rambly on some of this stuff. So cut me off if need be, but if you guys think that this content is useful, it's valuable, we're answering some questions, uh, for answering any questions that you've ever had, then please help us out by, uh, allowing us to reach a broader audience. And answer some more questions. Like this video, share this video, comment. Just say hi. That type of engagement um, lets the uh, the social media overlords know that we are doing something useful, and people might actually want to see this. So, um, like I said, like, share, comment. You know the deal.
0: Miles, speaking of our social our social media overlords, can I can I make a quick observation here? Please. Okay. Well. Uh, you know, I'm just doing a cursory check here of the, uh, the trades as I do from time to time and you know, I'm, I'm noticing a trend, uh, and that is more big brands going on, uh, you know, up and coming, if you will, or emerging social media channels much earlier than, than they had in the past. And, and, uh, you know, and just much more aggressively than they have in the past. You know, I mean, I'll give you a, a just a quick couple examples here. Tums, of course, a huge brand, uh, is kicked off a big campaign this week on TikTok. Levi's, massive brand, uh, has a partnership with Snapchat uh, for a Bitmoji, where they're featuring their um, their products on it. And uh, Wendy's, gotta love Wendy's. Give a shout out to my uh, my uh, my brother-in-law over there. Uh, VML in Kansas City. That's their client, Wendy's. They do an amazing job uh, with them. Uh, they're teamed up with Uber Eats to do a customized menu for Twitch gamers. And this is really interesting to me. Very uh, specific. Very specific. And, and they actually picked a, 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 a Twitch channel that has a huge, a huge following specifically to kick this off. Um, and, and so, you know, they're really thinking outside the box, you know, going back to the beginning of this show, uh, in in terms of not only their creative, but how they're applying that creative, uh, across different channels and multiple channels. And, and Twitch is a really interesting one for me, uh, because it's not what we, I guess, would consider a a traditional social media channel. You know, it's more like a, a, YouTube, but even not, not as, like YouTube. It's, it's much different than YouTube. Um, God, I'm my, my son's going to kill me. What's the, what's the big, uh, artist that did the, the promotion on Twitch earlier this year, or last year? I don't know. Why? Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll say it was Drake. Maybe somebody in the comments can help me out, <laughs> but I don't think it was Drake, but it, it was somebody like that. Some big artist, uh, earlier this year, uh, released their song exclusively on Twitch. And it was like this big event that like all these streams got interrupted on Twitch. And it was then it was this world premiere of this song. And, and then of course, you know, the downloads were off the charts after that uh, and then ended up doing really, really well, but it was the first time that, you know, it had been used as kind of a world premiere channel on that level. Uh, and so this, this is an interesting trend to me, just to back it up to the macro for a minute. Uh, on, you know, what we've been talking about for, I mean, <laughs> ever since, ever since we met Miles, you know, is like, when, when is this, this, what we call the golden era of of social media marketing and advertising going to end for small businesses, you know, especially on the more traditional platforms like Facebook and, uh, and Instagram, you know, when, when will the big boys and gals jump in? so far so fast so deep that they just outprice everybody else and you know not only is it you know probably happening on on the biggest of platforms but it looks like that there's a little bit of a change in their strategy so to speak and they're becoming more aggressive on the up and coming platforms uh much more earlier than a lot of us anticipated uh so that is something certainly to watch out for and, and, you know, and something that we've been talking about uh, for years now. But uh, it, it's, it's, you know, we, I even talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think on the show, you know, it's when all the BS and all the hot air gets let out of the boardrooms, you know, they're going to find out that their programmatic digital and their traditional media are getting terrible, if not absolutely negative ROIs. And they're going to dump so much more money than they ever have before in the stuff that we know has been working uh, for quite some time, and that is content-based marketing uh, and and utilizing it you know strategically against the proper social media channels and and the, I you know the time is now you know is is or at least it's hedging that way and so that's something that of course we're going to keep keep our eyes and ears on because what we have to do is we just have to be one step ahead of the game. And which is the nice thing about being a small company and not having, uh, stockholders and, uh, you know, a bunch of infighting on a board or something like that in order to make a decision is that we can pivot faster. We can be more nimble. We can be more flexible. Uh, but we have to see the, uh, the writing on the wall, so to speak. And so, uh, certainly something interesting. I know, I know we're not ready yet, Miles. We'll, we'll probably do it here in a, in a week or two. We'll do our big New Year you know, 2021 prediction show. Even though Miles hates to make predictions, we'll beat a few out of them. But I'll just give you a little tease <laughs> right now of what one of my predictions will be for 2021 is that we will see bigger brands go much deeper into these emerging platforms uh, than we've ever seen before.
1: And I think, as we've talked about before, the, the defense there is, like you said, to to stay ahead of the curve and be agile, um, but also just to lean into brand, uh, because that's that's something that they can't take away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that you own 100%. Your audience um, knows you and knows your brand as you put it out there. And if you can establish your brand amongst your audience, um, then there's nothing they can do about that. Um, no matter how big they are, how much money they throw at a platform, if you've got your audience wrapped around your finger on your brand, then then you got them. Uh, so it's probably going to be more valuable than ever. I know you said this uh, in the last couple of weeks, but more valuable than ever to lean into those brand building strategies, which is kind of tough right now, as that's kind of a a long-term thinking kind of thing. And a lot of us are um, are really struggling to to see that sort of long term thinking uh, right now. I know a lot of us are just trying to figure out how to get through tomorrow, how to get through next week, um, how do we finish out this year with our heads above water? But um, especially when we're in these times, these these very difficult times, it's it's important to keep your eye on the prize and and think long term. And I think that the way that you do that from a marketing perspective. Um, is is really going to be focusing on that brand building? One
0: hundred percent, Miles. So that, that's something that I know we harp on a lot, but we probably can't harp on it enough. Um, it's true. It, it is very true. And and I'll tell you what I think the other side of that equation is. Uh, in order for small businesses to to keep evolving, in order to stay competitive, is you know, not only, you know, not only, uh, you know, effectively advertising and effectively marketing and building that brand, but then also doing the internal things to make sure that your marketing bridge is as, is as perfect as it possibly can be. And and more to the point that you are evolving the way that you serve your customer to make sure that you are always meeting the ever-changing demands of what that customer wants, because what that customer wants is not the same as it was it was you know, yesterday or or certainly five, ten years ago, and I think that that's something that the bigger brands, while they've been lacking on you know where to spend their money, they have been doing a really good job uh, internally of meeting that customer demand, and meeting the customer where they want to be. and that and, and in that regard, I think that maybe uh, small businesses could become a little bit more flexible. And I was thinking about this the other day, actually over the weekend, Miles, uh, and thinking how lucky we are. And I, don't, I don't, actually, I don't want to use the word luck because uh, luck doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, how fortunate and, and, and blessed we are to have amazing local entrepreneurs in this community that have bucked the major trends over the last 10, 20 years in categories that have almost been completely wiped out. And I'll give you, I'll give you three examples, I'll give you you four examples, so I want to be fair to one category, okay? Uh, Weaver's department store. Weaver's department store takes care of their customers inside of of that building, you know, better than anyone else. And that's why they're still there. And that's why other major, huge conglomerate department stores are falling, are falling apart and going out of business left and right. Uh, Cotton's hardware store, Right. How in the world does Cotton's Hardware store survive? We have Menards, we have uh, Home Depot, we have Ace, right? How, how, how? Customer service, meeting the customer where they want, going the extra mile for that customer. I love Cotton's Hardware because I know that I'm gonna get much better customer service there than anywhere else in town, that's why they survive. Uh, bookstores, my God, <laughs> you know, Borders was, has been gone, what, 10 years at least? Uh,
1: Oh, we've still got that big empty shell.
0: (laughs) Don't get me started on that, (laughs) Mouse. We'll we'll be here all day. Um, Yes, we still do have that big 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 empty uh, building down there uh, in downtown Lawrence but we do have here's the positive thing we do have the Raven bookstore and the dusty bookshelf and I am maybe even forgetting another one and I'm feeling really bad cuz I feel like I am forgetting another one but we have multiple small locally owned bookstores that have gone the extra mile to meet their customer where they are and you, you know you look across America and it's it's those are the exceptions not the rule in most communities and and so I think that there's something that all of us can learn from these local entrepreneurs here who have bucked those trends and and gone against uh, the big box stores and and you know I, w- I won't say one, but you know uh, are competing and, and they're in the fight and they're they're battling uh, and and staying healthy. So that that's I think the other key component here uh, that maybe we don't talk about enough.
1: Yeah, you know not everything not everything is online. You do have to look at the rest of that um, that marketing bridge, as you say, and just to define to that very quick from, um, you know, looking at your, your diagram you show all the time, that sales funnel, you know, people learning about you for the first time, they're learning a little bit more about you, they're interested in you, now they want to buy, they're converting. Um, there's also that marketing bridge, so that's when, you know, they see you for the first time, there's got to be a way for them to interact with you, whether that's calling you or showing up at your front door or sending you a message on, on Facebook or through your email, whatever it is, interacting with you in some way, um, you've got to be able to answer the phone, answer the email, answer the Facebook message, have good customer service in your store, um, have salespeople that can really sell, that can maybe upsell or uh, invite them to come back. What What is making people want to regularly interact with your business and come back? Um, those things are all just as important as the initial marketing points that we talk about a lot here. Now, we're a, we're a marketing agency, basically, a digital marketing agency. So we have to think about things in that, um, with that frame or with that lens all the time. But, you know, the best marketing in the world is useless or even detrimental if you don't have that uh, solid marketing bridge and uh, the ability to catch all of those leads and really capitalize on them.
0: miles advertising is going to do one of two things for you. It's going to make you grow faster or it's going to make you go out of business faster. And the determining factor in which one of those happens is is what happens when you meet your customer and they interact with you and all the things that go into the marketing bridge. uh, You know, know, people are are not doing business for one of two reasons. They, They either don't know who you are or they do know who you are. (laughs) And and that pretty much sums it up, right? You know, so you you need people to know who you are, but you also need them to uh, like you when they know who you are and want to continue doing business with you. Uh, And so that's why those are, you know, the two sides of the same coin.
1: I just want to take a moment here and coming in the comments, we've got another uh, local brand that I think definitely falls in that category of, uh, you know, stale and alive. And no one in that industry has been able to do that. And that's Lovegarden. Um, like we kind of miss that yep. there, but literally a record store downtown. I mean, those places they're, they're gone. They're completely gone everywhere. And yet, you know, they've stuck around and that's because they've got amazing brand, amazing customer service, and and people just love them. They just keep going back.
0: So, hundred uh, percent.
1: But that, that marketing bridge, you know, we've, we've realized that that is a little bit of a problem for some people, um, that there's, there's a lot going on there from the initial interaction with a brand, um, whether that's you know, someone just finding you on Facebook or finding your website or searching for your service on Google and then stumbling across you um, into their first interaction with you down through the sale and then hopefully through many, many, many recurring interactions over the years, um, there's a lot of points of failure in there that, you know, we've started to work with more and more people and more and more in depth um, and try to offer these sorts of um a to Z style solutions. Um, and that's why we built our, our sales system. We just launched, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, maybe? Uh, yeah. It's very, very new here. Uh, we're just doing it for a couple of people, a couple of local businesses here, really trying to... Um, you know, keeping under control because we are trying to go all the way down to the very bedrock of that business and and build everything out as much as possible, leveraging technology, leveraging digital, but also looking into that entire marketing bridge um, and finding where those problems are, where those strong points are, and, and and leveraging what we can in there. So um I'm gonna go ahead and put that link up here if you know anyone that might be interested in something like that point them our way, uh, have them apply at wildmanweb.com slash sales system. And we're, I think we're down to four spots on that for this year. Um,
0: The final four, Miles.
1: Final four, final four. So uh, yeah, point people this way, apply at wildmanweb.com slash sales system, and we'll get in touch with you. Mike, do you have any final points on that, on that sales system? I think we're going to be we're going to be wrapping up the show here in just a couple of minutes. So, uh, closing thoughts.
0: Yeah, no, Miles, I, th- I think you hit the head on the uh, or hit the nail on the, the, the head nail. there. Yeah, one one of the two. Uh, you were I, firing I, all cylinders there, and uh, yeah, the sales system. If anybody really wants to grow their business and I mean more customers in your door, sitting in front of you, paying you money, uh, this is the program for you. Uh, and, and yeah, please get a hold of us. We'd love to talk with you, see if it's a good fit. Uh, but yeah, Miles, the, the marketing bridge is the key to being successful in terms of your mark in terms of your marketing and your advertising. And it's a thing that unfortunately is, is kind of an afterthought sometimes, you know, we, we get so excited about who we're going to talk to, what we're going to say to them, which are very, very important things, but we also need to have a very, uh, concrete plan in place for when those people start to come through the door or through the phone line or through the email or through the website or whatever it is. And the experience they get is uh, all the different, you know, the differentiating factor between success and failure. So that's a part of what we incorporate, you know, not only in that sales system, but we, we try to do it with with literally every client that comes through the door. Uh, you know, the the disadvantage that we have on our end is we just don't have Uh, as much control sometimes as we'd like over all those factors. And so that's what the uh, sales system achieves for us is uh, a little more oversight, if you will, uh, to produce better results. But yeah, other than that, I would just uh, also encourage people, Miles, to uh, uh, sign up for the newsletter if they haven't already. Uh, We're going to be having another one of those come out this week. And if I may say so myself, it's going to have some fire in there and some stuff that uh, you definitely want to put in the old cranium. Uh, but, yeah, Miles, uh, looking forward to that. And keep your, keep your ears peeled, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast is on its way. It's going to be a nice little Christmas present from all of us here at Wildman Web Solutions to you. Uh, that's all I got, Miles. Uh, thanks for the comments and the questions. And another one of the books.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to close this down for this week. Thank you for everyone who commented in here. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for your suggestions on there and throwing Love Garden in the mix. It's absolutely the kind of thing we're talking about. Yes. Um, also asking about community involvement. That's exactly the kind of thing that we're talking about uh, when we're talking about getting creative, getting out there, um, and ensuring that everything in that marketing bridge is doing awesome. Everything from your advertising uh to your online presence to your customer service um and then yeah absolutely getting involved in the community going to networking events um you know if you can sponsor events or you know help out your local nonprofit or something over the holidays that's an awesome way to do things and uh, get your name out there get your brand out there as well as hopefully do some good for your community Um, anytime that you can you know, you can market yourself and you can get your brand in front of people and then also do some good. I say that's a, that's a win, 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 uh, might as well. That's, that's awesome. So, um, thanks everyone else for tuning in here. If you have any other questions, email us, ask wildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll get to your questions next week, Wednesday at 11. All right, Mike, thanks. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you again next Wednesday.
0: Thank you, Miles. Everybody have a prosperous week and See you next week.
1: All right. That is it for us here. Tune in next week, Wednesday at 11 uh, on our Facebook page or YouTube channel. And see y'all then.
0: Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.